0: Welcome to Fielding Questions, a podcast produced in collaboration between Ag Country Farm Credit Services and the Red River Farm Network that explores the world of farm finance and rural life. Joining us this week is Ag Country Farm Credit Services Market Education Specialist Katie Tangen. Katie, thanks for joining us. And let's take a deeper dive into the grain markets here where we sit in mid-June. Uh, it seems to be a pretty strong rally here at mid-month. And what's been causing that rally? What catches your attention when you look at these grain markets?
1: I think as we get out of what was a, a lot rougher spring, especially around here, than many had planned on, um, we're kind of coming off of that, oh, it, you know, it might not get planned to kind of reach in the acceptance stage. If you want to call it that, um, but the market as a whole, you know, we had a setback once it looked like most other areas were going to get get planted, um, kind of prepared for a rate hike that came from the Federal Reserve, kind of profit taking. Let's move ahead, and we've gotten through that. And now, as we get to mid June, we're looking ahead more to the planting intentions report, and it's kind of raising that specter again of how many acres did get put in, you know, what what sort of shape are those acres and although by most accounts uh, what is in looks okay so uh, market trying to figure out where we're at one more time Um, we've had some soybeans in particular have had some very nice export demand that maybe wasn't anticipated back in January that we're readjusting to you know those sorts of things and then obviously we have you know Russia Ukraine on and off kind of seems to have gone back to I don't know if you want to call it normal but, but a state of tension Or we're not expecting additional grain to come out at this moment.
0: I'm glad you brought up planting intentions and the weather. I think for the folks in the Northern Plains, of course, that's been our focus, right, this spring. It's it's what we see in front of us. And I know big picture, a lot of the grain traders, um, you know, look at the big picture as a whole. And though the Northern Plains have an important role in crop production, it's not the biggest chunk of the pie. So overall, I think there's a general consensus, right, that um, most of the U.S. crop production should be off to a good start. But, I mean, here in the Northern Plains, it, we're lucky to have a good planting window the last few weeks to get things done. It's late.
1: I do think that will come up at times throughout the production season. But if if you're a trader or a merchandiser and you're sitting in central Illinois, for example, you know what's happening. But it's really hard to have a concept of it, especially if you're in an area that's never had prevent plants. I mean, it's there. You know it. But the scope of what happened This year is probably tough to get your arms around, uh, especially if you don't have any numbers. You kind of move on, and then you start to look at, well, everybody else looks okay. Once we get to the end of the month with the planting intentions, then it's time to see, you know, where did we come out? Did guys keep planting corn, you know, after that insurance planting date? Did we cut into acres of soybeans trying to get more corn in? And, And I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but those are the questions that are... Are going to go through people's heads and that the market has to wrap its arms around condition wise the us is fine but those planting intention acres that we had back in march for corn are simply not not really going to cut it in terms of the balance sheet so and the other part is we've never had these kind of crop stress with prices as high as they are and how does that impact planting intentions And you know, the other part, you may not have a concept of we're not that far out of 2019 when we had late-planted corn that came off very wet and light and took either a heavy discount or in some cases got rejected. Again, if you haven't seen that, if you're from Iowa or Illinois or Indiana, that's a tough impact that you don't really have in your head. And so these things kind of tend to come out slowly, and I do think they are coming out. I think that's why we're seeing some support under the market but once we get those numbers and we have a firmer idea of where we're at you know and also the self, I, we haven't mentioned spring wheat but spring wheat very much has the makers concerns as well once we have those come out uh, I, I think we'll set a firmer direction for the rest of the year
0: How do you think planting went with farmers up here in our region I mean I th- we talked a little bit about the final planting date but it seemed like farmers just looked at that as a caution light this year and sped right through and didn't didn't matter still wanted to get the crop planted you no
1: know, part of it is the prices were so high Nobody wants to say no to planting and you know sometimes you newspapers, well, they can get this much for prevent plant. You know, that's true. But that payment really doesn't make any money, and it's not meant to. It's meant to cover your costs. It's meant to cover your rent. It's meant to cover, you know, any chemical you might need to keep the weeds off of it or cover crop, things like that. So you pass up a lot of potential revenue by choosing to prevent plant. The other part is, you know, just because we stay in crop insurance's final plant date, they May 25th for corn, it doesn't mean you have no coverage after that you lose 1% a day. So yeah, there you can keep, there's nothing stopping a person from keep going. And again, when you're looking at six, six and a half dollar corn, you have a lot of incentive to keep going. Now, once you get past the first of June, then you run into some other question. you know, can it mature in time? Feel like we have some very significant impacts on corn and some very significant impacts on wheat. Um, for North Dakota and Minnesota, and, and really the northern tier of South Dakota as well, may not show up in the yield estimates, but very well could show up on the um, planted acres.
0: What do you think about specialty crops? Maybe how that panned out?
1: That's a really interesting question because we, you know, there was really an acreage battle all year long. Even going back to last fall, at times I think we had six, and there may have been a seven dollar malt barley contract out there. We have sunflower contracts that were, you know, $35. Those crops usually have an act of God clause, but they're also making a lot of money. So I think you'll see an impact on those acres. I don't know if um, every crop will see it. I I assume dry beans you can plant later. You know, those are probably going to be okay. Um, Maybe some of your your barley might have seen some impact, Um, things like that, the shorter... Usually the earlier season crops may have had more of an impact. Um, sunflowers should still be okay, by and large. Some reluctance on the part of buyers, since we got past mid-May, to offer a lot of additional higher-priced sunflower contracts, simply because if you can't get anything in, sunflowers are a nice fill-in. So it's really a cutoff of where the crop was planted if it lost acres.
0: To me, visiting with farmers, it seemed like there were a lot of farmers who grew sunflowers or decided to grow sunflowers that maybe hadn't done that in a long time. And then the same with just in general barley. Farmers that were new to the crop, they had they just said, well, we'll try it. There's demand and we think we want to mix it up. I thought that was interesting this, this spring here in the north.
1: You know, it was one thing that surprised me in the March planting intentions was that there really wasn't a lot of growth in canola acres and there was every price incentive to do so now. There was also at the time concern about chemical, you know, whether you could get it or not. But I do think um, it's good to have that experience with the specialty crops. It gives you options later on. Uh, You can build your crop insurance history um, in case you do want to put in more acres later on. I know this year we had, a fair amount of questions about oats. Um, and I, I don't know that we had a lot of additional oats come into play, but some of the hang up was there was no history. Um, so if you can do that on, you know, a smaller amount of ground and get that history going, it really helps out.
0: Katie, what else should be on the radar as we continue to head into this growing season with these grain markets?
1: You know, I, I think the volatility is going to stay. We're not going to get rid of that. Um, rising interest rates by design is meant to kind of them back on investment. So you might not see quite as much free money floating around. But I, I don't think there's a lot of feeling out there that investment type traders are going to pull back on on commodities. So we are going to continue to see that volatility. I do think there's some support below the market. I mean we hold or we should hold every single bush that we have um, until the top, right? Because you're not going to know. So making those... Planned, scheduled, regular type sales. You know, I'm going to make a sale here. Hold on, wait for it to fill, and then put in another mm. uh, offer. I think is really the way to work on it for everybody. Especially, you know, if you had to lose offer, or, you know, if you had to lose acres this spring because they couldn't get in, we may have to redo our marketing plan. That is one thing we've seen a lot of. If you know, you may have more sold than mm. you thought because it's so easy under those conditions. Um, And these prices to seize up and not do anything. And and that's really not the response that we'd like to see.
0: Are farmers thinking about 2023 yet? um, Marketing plans for for the next year crop? Or is it too soon to know because there's so much uncertainty with the rising cost of inputs?
1: I think that is holding a lot of people back. And I don't necessarily have a problem with it. You know, if somebody wanted to sell 10% or, you know, that's fine go ahead so sell, sell a little bit, but we do have so much uncertainty with inflation and how much things are going to cost. I do think we have to maintain that flexibility. Now, there are things, um, you know, if somebody wants to use options or some kind of minimum price contract, there's a few things we can do to make them more appealing price-wise. That's something you can consider, but I would really be cautious of going out and selling a lot of my expected 23 production at this time
0: folks want to get a hold of you or to learn more about ag country farm credit services where should they go they can go to our website at
1: www.agcountry.com we have a list there of all of our offices Um, we have tax specialists we have farm accounting uh, succession and retirement planting Then obviously uh, insurance and uh, loan officers so
0: give the office a call and they'll get you pointed in the right direction. If you have a question about a financial topic, we would love to hear from you. You can send Ag Country a message on Facebook, tweet at them on Twitter, or submit your question using their website, www.agcountry.com. This is Fielding Questions, presented by Ag Country Farm Credit Services and the Red River Farm Network.